Welcome back to the Call Game Podcast. We have a jam-packed episode for you today. We're going to talk about the NBA trade deadline, which is tomorrow. Um, we're gonna do a we're gonna do our own All Star draft, and we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Yeah, it is a crazy week for sports. The NBA trade deadline lands on the same week as the Super Bowl. I mean, we don't even have enough time to talk about the Pro Bowl, and just there's not much to talk about. But with everything going on, it's just a crazy week for sports. I find myself checking my phone to see if anything's happened quite often just a fun time to be a nba fan yep um okay we're gonna start off with the trade deadline it's been not the most exciting in my opinion it has some definitely some room for improvement with some james harden ben simmons rumors going around but there have been a few interesting trades CJ McCollum was traded to the Pelicans for basically nothing. They got Josh Hart, but for a rebuilding team, I don't see what he's really going to do for them. That's just a salary dump, it seems like, and they're really going to blow it up. All right, so are we going to start with that one, CJ McCollum trade? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so CJ McCollum goes to the Pelicans along with Larry Nance Jr., which I actually like. Larry Nance is a pretty decent piece for that team. And Tony Snell, but no one cares about Tony Snell. The Blazers received Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Tomas Sadoransky. And I think they get a second-round pick and a protected first-round pick. But it can't be, like, a high first-round pick. It's, like, protect, protected top four and also protected, like, out of the lottery. So it has to be, like, a mid to low lottery pick for the right. game. It's kind of weird. So what are you initial thoughts about this trade? Um, I mean, I feel like it doesn't really move the needle much for either team. The Pelicans, the Blazers, there's not really much to talk about because they're so clearly going to be rebuilding, like getting Josh Hart and whoever else isn't really going to do much for them. The Pelicans... They're currently in the play-in game, even though they're 22 and 32. So they have more going on. Like they have Ingram, they have Zion at some point maybe. So getting McCollum could help them out. And looking at the teams below them, it looks like they're probably going to be in the play-in game. So he'll help them be better, but they're still not going to do anything really in the playoffs unless Zion makes a recovery and is really good, but that doesn't seem likely at the moment. So I don't think it does much for either team, but if anything, it'll make move the Pelicans from like a 22 and 32 team to like a 500 team. Yeah, I think you'll notice a lot with these trades. They're like big moves, but not really impact moves. Like, right. You can consider this a big trade. I mean, CJ McCollum's been an all-star. He's been to a Western Conference final, but it doesn't really mean much either side. It's just kind of like, okay. The Pelicans now have a kind of weird starting five when fully healthy of Zion, Ingram, CJ, Valanchunas, and that rookie whose name I forget at the moment. They're already one of the like worst defensive teams in the league, and now they get 
CJ McCollum and trade away Josh Hart. So, I mean, they're going to be able to score points, but they're going to be able to play no defense. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they want to make that play-in tournament, give Pelicans fans something to cheer about, I guess. And yeah. for the Blazers, it's they're looking to build around Anthony Simons and Dame Lillard, apparently. And they go into the offseason with $60 million in cap room, which I guess is fun and all but you're in portland and when's the last big free agent sign with you so yeah the only trading away norman powell a 20 point per game score it's like are you really competing it's going to be tough to sell dame that they're really trying to compete right now the only other thing about this trade is um you said that they are like doing it to get like give the fans something to root for and I appreciate that, that they're, like, yeah. not fully just tanking. The other yeah. factor is Zion and his contract. They could be, like, trying to do this to show him that, hey, we're trying to win and please just don't leave. Because if he leaves and, like, gives up the super max that he would be giving up if he signed with another team, that would be a bad look for them. So I feel like they are inclined to make like win now moves and be a buyer even though they probably should be a seller because of zion yeah it's interesting i mean new orleans doesn't get players like this often the last one they had was anthony davis and you saw he requested a trade once they didn't really go or do anything but uh i mean it's such a weird situation with zion because i guess he's hurt but like he could also just be holding out and also kind of hurt it's just there's so little information right now about zion situation obviously you've heard all the fat jokes and he's overweight but i mean does zion see this and be like they're making win now moves put me on this team and we're not even a contender but just a playoff team i guess that gives something gives zion something to play for and play in new orleans for but uh yeah yeah, I mean, like you said, it's good to see the Pelicans not just tanking for five more years. They're actually making moves that get them good players and move them forward as a team, I guess. Yeah, not that much, though. Um, yeah. Should we move on to the Sabonis trade? I think we have to. This is probably the biggest trade of the... <laughs> Biggest trade, but it's from two crappy teams. Um, the Pacers traded. impactful trade. Yeah. DeMontis Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Um, the Pacers are currently the 13 seed, and the Kings are also the 13 <laughs> seed. So, I, I mean. I know these teams are like doing what's best for them and maybe they think it's best for them to get these guys, but it's just interesting. It's like not that fun when like interesting players get traded, but they will have literally zero impact on the league and the playoffs. So it's just like a lateral move for everyone. It seems like I really don't know what the Kings are doing. Like what, when you're a rebuilding team and you get good young players you generally try to like build around that instead of just like shipping them out. Like, what are you looking for if you're trading Halliburton? Like, you 
you tank to get a good draft pick and then you make the draft pick and you get a good player. The whole point of the tanking was to get that good player. Why do you then trade him? I guess if you think Sabonis is so great, that's why, but it just seems weird to me. Yeah, I think JJ Reddick put it best on first take the other day. Make it make sense. Like it just makes no sense from the Kings perspective. You're making a win now move with a team that's not a win now team. You're choosing De'Aaron Fox over Tyrese Halliburton, basically. When De'Aaron Fox is in a much worse situation for a team, he's on a huge contract. He cannot shoot. He's shooting 30% from three this year. He's had a super down year. Tyrese Halliburton's been the best player on that team by far. He's still on his rookie contract. And assuming you would give him the extension, you would still have six more years of control of him. And with all that said, you keep De'Aaron Fox, bring in Sabonis, and you also bring in Dustin Holiday. That's just a quick note. Yep. It's fine, I guess. But now your team is just filled with no shooting. You got Richard Holmes, a center who cannot shoot. Sabonis cannot shoot. Fox cannot shoot. Justin Holiday, I guess, is your best shooter in that lineup. And then you have Davion Mitchell can't shoot. So you're just going to be clogging every lane possible with non-shooters, which is really diminishing the whole, like idea of DeMontis Sabonis like of him being a passer like who's he gonna pass to when there's no one right. can shoot or spread the floor for yeah. me if it, the trade was Aaron Fox for Sabonis I would have said great move for the Kings then you have agreed kind of let Davion Mitchell come into his own because he wasn't getting any minutes behind those two point guards and then I think you're looking at a really good move for the Kings so yeah. They go with Halburn, and he's talked about how he like wanted to go to the Kings and like change the franchise. Just makes no sense on so many levels in my eyes. Yeah, Halliburton and Sabonis would be so much more fun than like Fox and Sabonis. Yeah. The only um, thing I see that makes sense a little bit is like if Halliburton doesn't fit the timeline with Sabonis, but still like. You should be trying to fit Halliburton's timeline, not Sabonis's. Right, or Fox's. Just right. Yep. Is do you have any other thoughts on that trade? Uh, just from the Pacers' perspective, I guess we can kind of parlay this into the Karis LeVert trade. We'll just go to this real quick. They traded Karis LeVert. They got some picks. I think it's a great situation with the Pacers right now. They're gonna. Mine's going to be the five. It's the first time he's going to play without Sabonis, really. We're going to get to see what he can do without just solely being a strike five or four. Sabonis there. But uh, you're going to see Halburn. They drafted another young guard. I forget his name. I think it's just a D. He's pretty tall. Duarte. They're going to have a backcourt of him. Yeah, Duarte. And then they're going to have Brogdon. They're going to have... Miles Turner, like I said. And they're going to have a lot of picks. They have a ton of picks coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. they're tanking hard this year. Their lineup is terrible. They're going to have a top four pick this year. They have more picks. They have a second-round pick from the Rocks this year that's basically a first-round pick because it's going to be so high. I mean, the Pacers... I, w- I wouldn't say I'd like to be a Pacers fan right now because it'd be tough to watch a team tank. 
but in three years, I would not be surprised if the Pacers are a really good young team that look right. like they have a really bright future. And problem, I think this has been an amazing week for the Pacers front office. The problem with the Pacers is it's hard to get that star. Um, Halliburton, you could argue, you could make a pretty convincing argument, will be a star. But it's hard to like bring in that free agent, even if it's like the most appealing situation possible basketball wise which it kind of seems like it will be with all these like pass first guards and good shooters but it's still going to be you're not going to get that big free agent you might get a trade but then you have to give up some of that great foundation so it's just hard for them to like build the foundation and then just get the star because it seems like they've always had this in the past where they have such a good front office and they put together all these good pieces but then they can't get over that hump of being like a interesting four or five seed to being like a one seed yeah i think that's a really good point you made i mean maybe they're thinking that if they get like a two pick this year that could be where they get their star right but Another i mean Paul Tyrese Alburn's probably not going to be the best player right right but he's not going to be the best player on a championship team probably more of a two or three so you're going to have to get that third star in there or else you're going to end up like the 2018-19 Pacers where you're like a fun four seed, like you said, but right. where they just needed another star to get them over the hump. And I think they're really going to have one swing at this with this year's draft. They're going to need to get lucky, get a high pick, hit on that pick, have them become a number one option on a championship team, and then I think they're set. But that is a lot of ifs. And, uh, right. That's the still, dilemma of a small market team. All right, the trades are not as interesting after this. Uh, Norman Powell and Robert Covington got traded to the Clippers. This is highway robbery. For Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson. Um, it seems to me Don't that forget it's... forget the second round pick in 2025. Of course, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this is a win for the Clippers, the key draft for cattle. sure. Like, they dumped guys that weren't going to play and they got two three and d guys for the playoffs so even though they might not be in the playoffs this year with all their injuries wherever they end up they got two valuable guys i think you can really see the benefit of having the most rich owner in the league steve Ballmer. he's so far over the luxury tax right now while he's building a new stadium and they're just setting up their team perfectly for next year. I mean, Norman, about 20 point per game score. Robert Covington, who knows if he comes back. He's a 3 and D guy, but like he can't really shoot anywhere. Probably will let go of him. But their team's an 8 seed right now with some really good players. Like Morris, Canards come into his own. And you put Kawhi and Paul George on this team, they're going to be favorites to win the yep. championship next year, in my opinion. Assuming that maybe James Harden doesn't end up on the 76ers. Mm, that was a beautiful segue. There are some strong I, rumors. Strong Ben Simmons for James Harden rumors. I'm not really sure what to think. If this trade were to happen, I th- I mean, I don't know if it's a win for the Nets, but I'm very confident that they'd still be good. And I think it would work on the Sixers, too, just because those guys are both so good. Embiid and Harden, I'm talking about. Like, they would make it work, I'm sure. But it's hard to envision, like, those two situations. 
Yeah, I've been listening a lot of Brian Windhorst coming to the trade deadline, and he's talking about how they're trying to figure out like what side's winning this deal and what side needs to give more pieces because it's kind of mm-hmm. weird both ways like both sides can make an argument that they need more back like the sixers can be like hey this is just a rental we have to pay him 220 million and he might not even come back you have to give us more but then the nets can be like we're giving you an all nba perennial player of the decade and we're getting a guy who hasn't played all season. Like, you got to give right. us Seth Curry. And that's what they're hearing. They want Seth Curry or, like, Tyreek Maxey on top of that. So that both sides are like, no, you have to give me more. So the negotiations are just kind of weird. I think, I mean, both are, I think both are scary. I mean, the Nets without Harden last year had the best offense of all time, really. Yeah. Like, numbers-wise. And I guess Simmons fits nicely into that and just be able to play defense and facilitate. But it's like, he's just, people forget, like, how bad he was in that playoff run. Mm-hmm. And then Harden, he's getting up there in age, and you're going to pay him 200 million by the end. When he's 37, you're going to be paying him, like, 50 million a year. And that just sounds terrible in so many different ways. So it's a kind of a weird move once again. And both sides, like I said, are just trying to figure out who's coming out of this deal as a winner. Yeah. I It would depend on the supporting pieces, but I'm starting to lean towards, like, this is a win for both teams, and I don't want it to happen because this will make, like, the top three in the East so clearly above the Celtics. At le- I mean, they might be already. We might just be on a high because of the six-game winning streak, which we'll get to later, but... This move, I'm very confident the Nets will still be good. They could, I mean, Ben Simmons could just be like Nick Claxton for them, and they would still be really good. And, but I think he could be more. I think, I mean, with KD and Kyrie assuming health, which is a extremely big assumption given those guys' history. Um, but he wouldn't have to even like be on the court in the last five minutes and they would still be a really good team. I mean, or you could just like play them at small ball five or something, but they would be like, that's like KD and Kyrie are two of the guys that would like mask Ben Simmons's issues, like the most out of anyone. And MB didn't do that as much because he's a center and you can't, it's harder to give him the ball at the end of the game. But those guys would really cover that up. And I think he could help them. And then Harden gives the Sixers that like playmaker that they've been looking for forever. So I think it would be really good for both teams. I mean, these guys are all the guys we're talking about. KD, Kyrie, Harden, Simmons. They're all like hurt constantly or like not playing because they have hurt feelings constantly. So it's hard to predict exactly what would happen, but the just the basketball stuff like on paper would be really good, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was like a win-win. The thing with this trade is these teams are going to be seeing each other so much. Like, if one team gets fleeced in this deal, like, you're going to hear about it for a while. This is not right. Indiana trading Paul George to OKC. Like, these teams have been competing with each other and still will be competing with each other. This is dealing with the enemy right here. So they want to make sure it's just a solid trade for them, both sides. Because if this ends up poorly for one and great for another, 
yikes, it's not a good look for either front office, which mm-hmm. that might happen to him. Yeah, and it could easily go very wrong. Like Harden has shown pretty strong signs oh, yeah. of decline. And Ben Simmons, the last game he played, he like passed up a wide open dunk and lost his team, got his team bumped out of the playoffs and he hasn't played since. So it's really hard to predict like what would happen, but it could be catastrophic either way. Yeah, that's what makes that trade so fun. Like, it can yeah. crash and burn in so many different ways for each side. Which is, who knows? I think if it doesn't happen now, it'll probably get done in the off season though. Mm. I think it makes sense enough yeah. for each side for it to happen at least. Especially if like, all right, is that some, all? If they just get some more time to like see what Harden and Simmons are, that would like right now they're so it's so questionable. Yeah, it really is. Do we need to get into some surging Boston Celtics talk? I think we do. I think Six we game we one streak. The best team in the Eastern Conference right now. The best team in the league. Nine can power rankings. Hey, that's all that matters. What? Go. Power rankings is all that matters. Yeah, it really does. The six-game win streak against terrible teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Celtics—they've been playing well. They're thirty-one and twenty-five or something. Like that's a solid record. Like, where did that come from? I mean, their only good win in this streak has been over the Hornets. That's not which important. was a good win, but everyone else has literally been terrible at basketball. But we didn't used I to mean, beat but those the teams, teams that they have beat that's the that thing. they were supposed to beat. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Normally it's like, oh, we play the Heat without their four best players. We're gonna some random guy's gonna go for fifty on us, but instead we beat them by thirty. Like right. the Nets without literally anyone. Like I could envision that being a close game two months ago, but now totally. we blow them out by thirty. So it's what you need to see. You got play schedule. There's gonna be a few test games coming up: Nuggets, Hawks, Sixers before the break. I think after those three games, we'll really know what this team, if the team's legit or not. Yeah. Like I've been saying, I need to see it a little bit more before I can get excited, but I'm starting to get more excited. Do you want to talk about like so hesitant as a Celtic? We've seen this story so many times. Do we want to talk about (laughs) the story we've seen? The Marcus Smart, Schroeder, Richardson dilemma. Yeah, I think I think that's. That's the talk of the town right now. Yeah. Everyone's talking about Dennis Schroeder right now. Everyone's talking about it. So Poor Dennis. He's he's on the firing squad. If they were still five hundred right now, I would be saying one hundred percent trade him, trade Richardson, trade smart. Just like they're not you can get some return for them and the thing, so Schroeder and Richardson, it's like we can get some return, and they're not in the long-term plan. Smart, it's just like we've seen enough. Can we move on? But of course, he's playing great out right of nowhere. Now, out of nowhere, and it's the team is looking better. Like, is this a time where you really want to be getting rid of your core? Because if you trade those guys. And you don't get like 
real NBA guys back or if whatever happens doesn't end up working out, you're just giving up the season kind of. So it's definitely a dilemma. I The top of the East doesn't look the strongest at the moment, but at the same time, is it really rea- a reality that we could beat the Bucks or the Sixers or the Heat even or the Nets in a seven game series like I just it's kind of I feel like it might be a little bit short I don't know is it short-sighted I'm struggling with words here but it might be dumb to like see them beat five shitty ass teams and the Hornets and then decide oh we can't trade Dennis Schroeder because we're gonna win the championship yeah (laughs) yeah I mean it's just such a tough situation because Three weeks ago, I was ready for the fire sale. I was like, get what, yeah. you, get what you can for Schroeder. Get what you can for Richardson. And then all of a sudden, they play well. And now it's like, are we going to keep this core intact? And then two weeks from now, be like, oh, they really do suck. They just beat some bad teams. Right. And then it's like, well, we lost our opportunity to sell high on Richardson. Mm. Or are we going to sell all our guys and realize, oh, shoot, we could have made a run at being decent in the Eastern Conference, which is just so... So high level of parity right now, super high level of parity. So it's just so weird. And uh, I think what you see, which is really cool, is there's so many leaked rumors where we know basically everything that's happening. And uh, we can get into them, and I can get your thoughts. But like you said, Marcus Smart, I was ready to ship him out of Boston, carry his luggage to the plane. I was going to do any deal I heard Marcus Smart's name in. And all of a sudden, he plays his best two weeks as a Boston Celtics ever. He hasn't taken more than nine shots in the whole six-game stretch. Uh, and then he broke it against Brooklyn, but that's like a cheat meal. He like he needed to take some shots. Marcus yep. is getting tired. But uh, I saw this thing where his, our record when he takes nine shots or less was like 16-4. and four, And when he took more than that, we're like 10-15. and 15. So mm-hmm. him just kind of coming into that role of, being that main playmaker and non-shooter on the teams really helped us out. So now I'm like, oh, man. It's just such a tough situation. I, I do not envy Brad Stevens right now. Yeah. The other thing that I keep thinking about with him is we're always talking about getting, like, a real point guard and a facilitator. And we always talk about, like, these unrealistic guys. Like, we're not getting Lonzo Ball. It, we maybe could have gotten Tyrese Halliburton, but that's not happening now. So... There's not the thing is at least there's not that many guys out there and I think smart we might not be giving him enough credit for his like abilities to distribute but that's only when he's doing it cuz there's like at least 50% of the time probably like 60 or 75% of the time he's not doing that at all and he like thinks he's the number one scoring option and he's pulling up from 3 and he's one for nine in the first quarter. But, I mean, <laughs> if they can, it's I've been saying if they can make him like a pass-first guy, that he will be helpful for so long. But it's really true. And I think they're, the options aren't really that great. Brunson is interesting, but, like, I'm sure we'll talk about briefly at least Malik Beasley has been a guy that's been rumored like is he really gonna be better Mm -hmm. than smart he wouldn't be traded for smart but 
is he really going to be like a better they offered distributing? Smart. Really, they did. I thought it was Schroeder. Uh, yeah, we can get into this. Yeah, well, let's do it now. Yeah, there's a lot that's happened. But uh, yeah, real quick, like you said, like if we say, oh, Smart's are... I mean, the wish list for the Celtics is used to be so long. I want DeJounte Murray, Sabonis, Halliburton, Beal. And then these names are just getting crossed off. We're not getting Murray anymore. We're not getting Sabonis or Halliburton. Both got traded. Beal just tore his knee in half. Or wasn't it a hand? It was left hand. I think it was hand, Why did yeah. I go for the knee? It's always knee. I think it was hand. So there's not a lot of options left, like you said. So now we're kind of in the Marcus Smart experiment, and he's playing well. But, yep. Yeah. Do you want to hear some of these trades that, that have been Yeah, leaked? let's do it. All right. So you mentioned Malik Beasley, and a while ago when the Celtics looked like they weren't going anywhere, the Marcus Smart and their pick of Romeo or Neesmith for Malik Beasley, and the Celtics working for either a first-rounder or Jaden McDaniels, and... The Timberwolves said no to that. The Celtics offered Smart and a young guy for Beasley and McDaniels. And Timberwolves said too much. And then the Timberwolves countered with the trade the Celtics offered, but no no, uh, McDaniels or first. And then the Celtics said no. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't... I would give up like Schroeder or Richardson for him pretty much just straight up, I think. But I don't, I mean, I like getting a scorer other than Tatum and Brown. Like sometimes it's, he could be a guy like Schroeder has done a little bit, but like younger with more potential and he could like carry the bench a little bit. Um, I wouldn't give up smart for him unless there was picks involved. Or other young players. I can't hear you right now. <laughs> All right. We figured out our technical difficulties. We're back. Um, Zach, why don't you give your thoughts on the Malik Beasley stuff? So, Red is looking up the Malik Beasley basketball reference page. My audio cut out, so... Wait for this to load. But Malik Beasley has been a 20-per-game scorer before, shooting like 38% from three for his career. This year, he's only scoring 12 points a game, which I do not love. I'd like that to be a lot higher. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's the wing that can score and shoot that you want with Tatum and Brown, but I don't think smart for him makes a lot of sense because then your point guard situation is horrible. I think if you're going to trade smart, you need a point guard in return. But uh, I like the idea of Beasley. And what I heard from Timber, the Timberwolves, obviously not directly. You were, you were talking to the Timberwolves? They were looking to trade Beasley for like a bigger... Yeah, I, I, with my conversations with the Timberwolves, they were telling me that they wanted Beasley to be traded for someone bigger like McCollum or Simmons. And once they realized that wasn't really possible, they started going to the next year of guys like Smart. But now it's kind of getting towards the deadline, and they're kind of getting a little antsy. So here's the most recent report. The Boston Celtics have been looking for another impact scorer as they're considering of moving on from Schroeder. And they're in talks with Minnesota for a Josh Richardson for Malik Beasley exchange, as well as their pick of Langford or Neesmith. 
what do you think about the revamped uh, Beasley trade? Um, I would do that. Uh, I'm. Yeah. Is it totally irrational to be afraid that Aaron Neesmith is gonna like pop up on my Instagram feed because he hit ten threes in like a week if they trade him? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Irrational. <laughs> I I would do that. They I think need he's terrible. Scoring and they need like good young players other than Tatum and Brown and Malik Beasley is a good young player. So I think that would be a productive trade. Tell you what, his contract is nice too. It's only like ten million dollars with a team option in a year and a half. Like, it is a very good contract. I think that deal would be very solid for the Celtics. All right, that's the the kind of bigger deal I've been hearing about. The other one, the Lakers were just like, what do you think? The the Lakers offered the Celtics Talon Horton Tucker and their twenty twenty seven first round pick for oh, Josh man. Richardson. Let's do Wait, what? Really? For Josh Richardson? Yes. Why haven't we accepted that yet? Yeah. That can that be real? I don't know. Twenty twenty seven's a long way off, but yes. Horton Tucker is probably like as good as Richardson right now and he's young, right? Uh, I don't think he can shoot. That's the main uh, thing. No. I'm sure he would suck on the Celtics too. Guys that, like, much. aren't fully, like, finished products, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, are just it's bad on the Celtics. Yeah, you better be fleshed out if you're coming yeah. to Boston, because there's no <laughs> development happening here. Zero. <laughs> and if you are developing, we're going to trade you. Here's a yeah. quick stat oh, yeah. that's just mind-boggling, and this is a dip into my winners and losers. Seven players on the Rising Stars game were either on no. the Celtics roster or could have been drafted by the Celtics. Wow. What <laughs> like are the Desmond seven? Bain, the Celtics uh, traded him know, for Enos Canner. Freedom. Enos like, Freedom it's just to you. so bad. Oh, excuse me. Freedom. Let <laughs> yeah, freedom that, ring. that one hurts. He, let Freedom Ring hit a three last night. Oh he hit a corner God. three. Our like, lineup would Canner, be so good if Desmond we... Desmond Bain. Ugh. Tatum, Bain, two of those Brown, guys, not even Robert seven. Williams, Marcus Smart. That's better than the Sixers. Oh, tell me that's not a championship. Tell me that's Who's not. Who's the other like guy? Max Drews, who had like twenty-five on us. There's more, and who else is in the Rising Star? Just start naming them because they've been on the Celtics. Uh, like who see. else are the guys? <laughs> like, while you do that, it's just when I heard that my jaw dropped. I'm like, our scouting and development part department needs to be fired. They're like, we need to keep Devontae Green. We need to keep Gershon Yabaselli. We need to keep Romeo Langford. Meanwhile, we're getting rid of these guys that are just bawling out. And Man, the what-ifs on this team is crazy. And that's uh, how a team's supposed to be built. You get your stars and you draft cheap young guys who can support them. But we just picked the young, the wrong young guys. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Sadiq Bey, Desmond Bain... Probably oh, that's the other one. <laughs> um, Halliburton was close. Precious Achiwa was close. Yeah, that, that was. That's, yeah, um, that was. I think we could, there's got to be other ones too. But so yeah, yeah, not great. No, there's seven of them. Using the, <laughs> all right, you want me to name all, right. all of them? <laughs> With that said, but, yeah, 
I do. All right. These guys, there's no way that. All right. Mobley, Cunningham, Franz Wagner, Jay Sean Tate, Akoro, Shen Goon, Dyson Daniels. I don't think any of them could have been on the Celtics. No, 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 Lamelo, Scotty Barnes, Jaden McDaniels, maybe. Io Desumu, Chris Duarte, Davion Mitchell, Scoot Henderson. Um, I don't Who know. Heck is that? Those. He's in the G League. It's interesting that they have G League Who's guys. Scoot. <laughs> yeah, they brought two G League guys up. Yeah. Anthony Edwards, Sadiq Bay. That's one. Desmond Bain is definitely one. Yeah. Isaiah Stewart, Tyrese Halliburton, Precious Achiwa. Jaden Hardy. I think he's one. Cole there, Anthony. There's like more. There's like Cole sophomore Anthony's team. one too, right? Yeah, he was close, at least. Mm-hmm. They could have drafted no, him. No, I don't think he was one, actually. Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, Herb Jones, Jalen Suggs, Tyrese Maxey, Marjan Beauchamp from NBA G League oh, Ignite. Beast. I don't know. He's a beast. <laughs> Yeah. He's a base. Well, they probably kind of G leaguers, which is a little bit cherry picking up stats, but right. Okay. I assume it's like the G leaguers and like Mo Wagner or whatever. But yeah, the the same idea. The big ones that jump out to me are the Sadiq Bay and Desmond Bain, obviously. And I mean, if we those guys instead of Langford and Neesmith, it's like five two. Our team's looking very different right now. Right. Yep. <laughs> Minimum. Back into the pool of trades. I've got a few more. All right. So Schroeder, uh, we're trying to get rid of him. Here's what I'm hearing. The Cavs have reportedly offered two players for sure. Darius Ed Garland. Davis or Dylan Windler. Mm. I think Dylan <laughs> Windler can Windler shoot, maybe. Yeah, he can shoot. Okay, I don't know okay. I think he'll probably suck then, on the Celtics, but that's kind of, kind of interesting. <laughs> this is here's a nice little exchange between the Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics oh, said I Dennis Schroeder for Dante DiVincenzo, and then the Bucks said, "Give me the best three-point shooter of all time, Grant Williams, obviously." And then the Celtics were like, "No," and I yeah. think the Bucks are out. But yeah, I mean, what do you think of that exchange? <sighs> Is it dumb to say no to Grant Williams? I don't think it is. He's my favorite player. I think, yeah, we got to keep Grant. Call him the captain. (laughs) Grant is like a winning (laughs) player. Like he can shoot corner threes and play defense. That's all you need if you're not a star. And DiVincenzo is like good. The fact Grant Williams isn't in the three-point contest is crazy. (laughs) He's like the only Celtics player that would be good on other teams. How bad I wanted to see Grant in the three-point I wanted Grant Williams in the His, three-point like, contest no so bad. Shot. Watching him like fumble between the racks. <laughs> you know, like, he would run into the rack. Like, pass it to him. <laughs> I don't think he's ever taken off the dribble three in his life. Yeah. <laughs> I And he has the numbers for it, but I, I think they knew that that would be bad. Yeah. That would be a bad representation of the league's three-point shooting. The Celtics <laughs> really just need a fourth star because right. they have Grant Williams. It's that easy, right? I mean, Rob's been good. That's a quick note, but I think we need to move this along. Yeah. We still have a whole draft to get to. Yes, we do. <laughs> we got Kai and Grant Williams three-point shooting talk. It's it makes deep, me so happy to watch hole. him hit threes. Like, something about it. 
Something about it makes me so happy when he hits threes. <laughs> I don't know. I love it so much. All right. Winners and losers? Let's do it. Um, My first it's winner, easy. and it's combined with a loser, so it might be a little controversial. And it's also controversial because okay. of the nature of it. But the winner is me. The loser is Bradley Beal. Um, <laughs> he's a loser because he's out for the season and he's hurt. Yeah. I'm a winner okay. because I've been saying I don't want Bradley Beal on the Celtics and he hasn't been that good this year and now he's hurt. So he's not going to the Celtics unless they really piss me off. Okay. Yeah, I had a loser as Bradley Beal, but interesting spin. Putting yourself yep. in the first time we've had one of ourselves in the winners or loser category. All right. I had another a winner as trade deadline action in general. Pretty exciting trade deadline. Good for all sports fans. Uh, yeah, pretty solid. Um, Another winner is Joe Burrow. We haven't talked about football yet, but Joe Burrow is really good. And he keeps like pulling these games out of his ass and it's fun to watch. Yeah, go Bengals. All right. I have Mac Jones gritty. Mac oh, Jones that, hit the, I, did the gritty dance in the end loser. zone after he. <laughs> that is a winner. Mac Jones, he's a man of the people. He's there to entertain. He's like a modern day gladiator. He's mm. watching him bring it. He talked about, there's a funny interview of him talking about like his off-season plan. He's like, I need to stop eating ice cream, man. Like, I got to get in shape. Watching him run his... His puggy, his puggy little run into the end zone and doing the gritty. It's just only good thing about the Pro Bowl. Um, I have one more winner. The Celtics are on a six-game winning streak. I'm regretting this because I'm jinxing them, but whatever. Mm-hmm. My last winner is kind of a winner-loser tandem, like you, mm. uh, like you brought up. The, my winner-loser tandem. I don't really know which one it's in, but we'll figure it out. Wick Grossbeck. There's been a uh-huh. GoFundMe. <laughs> Owner of the Boston Celtics has a GoFundMe page because he's such a baby when it comes to over the luxury tax. Mm. Like, we haven't been over the luxury tax, like, ever. And he's like, oh, I'll go over the luxury tax when we have a championship team. It's like basically saying, yeah, when we find Kevin Garnett, then I'll go over to the luxury tax. But right. there's now a GoFundMe. Hopefully people will support it, get his... <laughs> Get him some more money so he can go over the luxury tax for one year. One year, Wick. It, we just asked for a little bit of money. It's a. It should be like fancy basketball for those guys. It shouldn't be like, right. I don't want to pay $3 million in the luxury tax. Right. It's like, come on. Yep. Um, Loser, the Kings, they're just like stupid. There's no way that they're going to be good with yeah, Demontis Sabonis. And they're just, I don't know. It's just, they're horrible. Yep. Uh, similar loser, Lakers with Westbrook. Lakers mm. are terrible. Westbrook's like telling Anthony to keep their heads up after I they saw lose that. the box. And oh it's, like, okay. it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, My next loser is Cam Reddish. He got traded to the Knicks. He seems like a good young player. Right. And then That's a good one. It was announced that he's probably not going to play. So that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. He's a loser. Yeah. I wanted him on Celtics. I mean, mm. He's a good player, I think. Better All than right. Neesmith, that's My for sure. My next loser, for sure. 
the Nets. They're on a like nine game losing streak. The game against the Celtics started with two fourteen to one runs. So it was fourteen to one. Then it was twenty eight to two. I mean the Nets are they went from second in the East, one game out to behind the Boston Celtics who are led by Grant Williams. So it should be noted they're that losing. they're like all their good players are out. But that doesn't change the fact no, that they're No, no, it doesn't need to be noted. It... <laughs> <laughs> um my last loser is the Pro Bowl. Uh, I didn't watch any of it because it's never that fun to watch, but I saw a couple clips of like the best mm, catch challenge and they were so bad. Like it just did not look exciting. Yeah, they at try all. to make it like the dunk. Yeah. yeah. It was not good at all. It was a feeble attempt. Yeah. They tried to make it like the slam dunk contest with like the ratings. They had like Cam Jordan doing the announcing. It feels like he just realized he was supposed to do the announcing like two minutes before it started. He was not up for the challenge. The judges were giving out like really weird ratings. It was, it was like a, a thousand. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> like it was such a bad process in general. You had Cam Jordan, this like D tackle for the Saints, like trying to move us through this broadcast, which he's clearly never done before and is not ready to do. And you have these like NFL legends who are like not actual legends of like guys who are like who are good. Like who had the helmet catch? Tyree. And yeah, he was one of them and they're like, NFL great. It's like, okay. Deion Sanders. <laughs> Sounds like a salty Patriots but, uh, fan. Anyways, right. do you have My any last, more losers? Yeah, I've I've one more loser. I have Bradley Beal, the Celtics Rising Stars, both of which we've mentioned. And uh yep. Dame. Looks like he's gonna be out for the season. They traded his best friend. Blazers stink. He should get the heck out of Portland. Hmm. And come to Boston on a really cheap deal. DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry vibes a little bit. Mm, Maybe yeah, the Celtics are the next Bulls or Spurs. There would need to be a team in between. Anyways, that's not happening. Um, Let's no. get into the draft. The all-star draft. You want to go hmm? here? Uh yeah, so rules. Uh, I'm LeBron, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, uh, obviously. So first, we're gonna pick the starters. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna get the first pick because you're injured. Yeah. And uh, uh, we'll alternate. First, you have to pick from the starters pools. Then you go to the reserves. Then we'll realize that my team's a lot better than yours, and we'll move on to the Super Bowl. I'm trying to figure out the math of like who's gonna get Wiggins. I feel like it. It's me, right? Cause uh, whatever. We'll see. I'm not I mean, gonna. I'm uh, gonna get Wiggins because I'm gonna draft him first. Oh, really? Not if I get him right now with the first pick. My first pick is. Wait. Mm, Wait I'm trying to decide if I want to win the game or what. Right. Cause Giannis will be like a tryhard and win the game, but do I want him? Um. Lewis, can you say your pick again? I haven't made it yet. I'm being very slow. <laughs> the pick is Hold in. On. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming again. It's coming again. With the first pick in the 2022 NBA All Star Draft, Lewis Karist slash Kevin Durant selects Stephen Curry. Oh, his old friend. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. Teen Durant. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're thinking. Was that the NFL drafting noise while we're doing an NBA draft? Was it? I don't even yes. know. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> All right. For the second pick. It's a multi-sport podcast. 2022 NBA All-Star. Exactly. All-Star draft. Team LeBron slash Zach selects. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yep. Makes sense. I should have drafted him, but whatever. I wanted Wardell. All right. With the third pick in the 2022 All-Star Game This is the last time we have to announce what pick is. Yeah, I was going to do it for all of them, but I can't. (laughs) I am going to select John Morant. Ooh. I like the pick. We're, my team is trying to get the most amount of Instagram of, clips, not yeah. the win. I was going to say, in terms of all-star game experience, you're blowing me out right now. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm going to take... Which is why I'm going to take... Do it. I don't want to take Embiid. Because I hate Embiid. And I don't want to be a homer. Which is why I'm going to take... Do it. Trey Young. Oh... I'm taking. I'm taking Trey. I will be taking. I will be taking Jason Tatum. I don't want any of these other guys, and I like Tatum, so I'm taking him. Yeah. All right. All right. I have. I have a guard. I want Jokic over Embiid, kind of, because I think Jokic is kind of funny. He's had some good All Star Game clips of him, like. Talking to reporters, which gives my team tremendous upside. <laughs> Mark can't shoot. I don't. I don't. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like any of these guys. I kind of like Jokic and <laughs> I don't like these guys. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Jokic. He is the best nickname on the board, and uh, yeah, it's 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 Jokic for me. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh. I am going to take Joel Embiid because okay. I just I I I irrationally don't like DeMar DeRozan. I don't know why. I just don't and I Yes, same. It's going to be so I know I'm going to have to take him, but it's going to be so horrible to have to write Andrew Wiggins down <laughs> as one of my starters. Like what the fuck is that? Here's the thing. Oh. Andrew Wiggins gr- great comeback story, right? Right. You have zero floor spacing, by the way. I have Trey Young and then no one else, yeah. I need the floor spacing. I might need Wiggins. Do it. Welcome to the team, Andrew. Wow. Thank you. I will be taking DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, I say it, the less I like it if you know that i reference. love that quote i'm i've been waiting my whole life to meet someone named damar or for some <laughs> damar <laughs> central thing to come up so i could say damar i say it the less i like it it's pretty good if you know what that's from you know what that's from all right i like my I starting five i like my starting five all right so let's recap the starting five what's your starting five i have i'm gonna run jaw at the one curry at the two 
Demar at the three, Tatum at the four, and Embiid at the five. That's a good start. You know, okay. I'm in trouble here. I got Young, Trey Young at the one. I have a big lineup. <laughs> Let's just yeah. say that. I'll put. You know what? This is the All Star game. Jokic at the one. I'm playing Jokic at the one, yep. <laughs> Trey at the two. Wiggins at the three, LeBron at the four, Giannis at the five. Tell me like that's not the greatest all-star lineup. That's pretty ever. good. All right, I like that a lot. That elevates my team significantly. I needed that. I need I it. think I think we have to give you reserves. the first pick for the reserves, right? Yeah, I get I get the first yeah. All right. Please so don't here pick I need who shooting. I, want. I need shooting, but I also need all star like ability. <sighs> Which is why I'm taking your pick of Donovan Mitchell. I know oh, it's your pick. Oh, that's that. not my pick. I, it it's oh, not. I thought I, I thought I had you read. Oh, it's Zach Levine. It's totally nope. Zach Levine. It's what? Lamelo. Then I'm taking Zach Levine. Give me Zach Levine. That's All a good right. one too. But I'm taking wait. Zach. Wait, 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 wait. Do you have Mitchell? Yeah, that just happened. So no, you got I'm both. Zach Levine. Okay. And then I'm taking Mitchell. Yeah. All right. Okay, so now so it's my pick. That was crazy, but. Yeah, speed round. So um, wait, recap real quick. I took Zach Levine, then you took Lamelo Ball, then I took Donovan Mitchell. Correct. And now it's my okay. pick. Mm, none of these guys are very good. <laughs> um, I <laughs> this is inter- this is hard. I'm gonna take Devin Booker. Probably not the best all-star game player, but it's all right. I think this is, might be, like, first or second year where he made it, like, not as, like, in replacement or something. Like, he made it last year, but I don't know. Right. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of guys that I just don't want. Like, you won't catch me taking Draymond Green by my own free will. Mm. I might just try to set a weight record here and look at Luka. <laughs> <laughs> Or James <laughs> with paired with Jokic. You could play Jokic, Harden, and Luca, and you could get Draymond. And play them all at the same time. Yeah. You know who I'm gonna take with a controversial pick here. I'm gonna take a guy who's never been to an All Star game, who I want to see what he plays like and see what happens. I'm gonna take Cat. Ah. Stole my pick. I, th- I was thinking about taking him last round. Um. All right. So, I'm trying to decide what I want to do here. Some good guards for sure. Some good overweight guys. I'm not taking Jimmy Butler ever. Give me. Right. I don't like this pool. Uh, Chris Middleton will hit some threes. Um, give me Darius Garland. Okay. I have all guards on the bench right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worried about it. We're playing positionless basketball. Right. So I could have the Chris Paul LeBron dynamic where they're best friends. I think I have something better. Who who does? I'm trying to think of player dynamics here. Like, 
<laughs> if I can stir up some controversy during the All-Star game. <laughs> Who does LeBron hate on this board? Not really anyone. I think he's pretty buddy-buddy with all these guys. But I'll probably take... I'll take... Oh, I said this. I don't want Luka. He's just going to dominate the ball. I need to spread it around to my dunkers. Put up some highlights. <laughs> I'll, I'll take uh, Chris Paul. All right. Put a lot of thought into that one. Yeah, that um, was a big pick for me. That was I huge. I need to make that the right call huge. there. That was um, big. I'm just going full, guys, that I like. I'm going to take mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet. My image of Fred Van Fleet's been smeared by the 2K card I had of him. That was terrible. Mm. Had a, the Galaxy like Opal. Got him for yeah, cheap, yeah. thinking you had a steal. Mm-mm. Not good. We've all been there. Not good. Right. Now there's some guys, we're dipping into the pool, guys you really don't want to end up Yeah. With. We could be overthinking the James Harden situation here. And what what has Luca ever done that's exciting? Except hit step back threes against <laughs> the Celtics to win the game. He's done that multiple. It's like an annual occurrence. Yeah. Give me. You know what? I'm taking Draymond. Wow. Just so he can't be with Curry. Got it. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna, you're might be squeezing me out of all the bigs here, but there's like only one big left, and I vowed to not take him. It's all right. <laughs> you did Embiid is big enough for all of us. Um, I'm gonna take okay. Chris Middleton. He'll hit threes. I like him. I guess he can't kill me if he's on my he's team, and he always kills the Celtics. I would argue that Gobert is more boring, but that's a discussion for another day. But Gobert can, like, spread COVID around, though. That's true. He, like, shut down the league with it, which is pretty exciting. That never Only player to shut down the league to start the shutdown. Okay. Give me... I don't like Jimmy Butler. What's he going to do? I guess I'll just He's take gonna Luka. He's going to hustle. Probably. Yeah. All right. Not mad at it. That's a, that's a good name to help me out. Like in terms mm, of just looking right. at my lineup, you see Luca. Casuals will think you're gonna you win. I mean? Right. Exactly. I am going to take, um, my one, two, three, fourth bench point guard, Dejounte Murray. Oh no. Oh, I forgot. He was I'm hoarding point guards. I have six point guards. Yeah, you you, you are. <laughs> They've all been point guards except Middleton and I guess Booker, but you can play the point. Sticking with my theme of name brand players who will help me win this yep. thing. I'll take Harden. Uh, go Bear. Also, separating him He's not from playing, though. I'm benching his ass. Oh, wait. <laughs> You're wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I'm wait. not taking Go Bear. I'm wait, not taking wait, Go Bear. Wait, wait, wait. Jimmy okay, Butler, Jimmy we're Butler. We're not taking Go Bear. I forgot that Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is available. You get Gobert, buddy. Okay. 
your team looks better on paper, but my secret strategy yeah. is that the team that looks better on paper literally never wins. So I'm true, that is true. So let's read. So let's read off our team. Here. I like so my starting five. My bench Jokic is very point, sus. Yeah. Right, so my bench is just. I think I killed you in the reserve round. A little bit. I got Levine Mitchell. Duo of highlights right there. They're gonna end up on Sports Center. Yep. Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, Luca Harden, Gobert. That's I like that. I got Lamelo Ball. That's like I stand by that as being the best reserve. Devin Booker, decent. Garland, decent. Van Vliet, eh. Chris Middleton, eh. Murray, eh. Butler also very eh. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I got a lot of point guards. Yeah. We're going to run the floor. We're going to run you up and down. Draymond, Harden, Gobert, Luca, Chris Paul is old. Yeah, They're all going to be huffing up. and puffing. We're going to be, it's going to be showtime. I like the late value pick of Murray. Yeah, very High good. High value. Pick. Very good pick. Towards the end. We have inhalers on deck for this team, though. Yeah. With all your point guards, we are. We're going to be, be huffing and puffing. We're going to be running you. Full court press. Diamond trap. Yep. Diamond trap, yeah. All right. All right. Super Bowl? All-star draft, I believe. Yeah. Super Bowl, then wrap it. I got about as much to say about the Super Bowl as I did about Grant Williams hitting threes, so why don't you start it off? <laughs> um. Well, here's the thing. We're not exactly technical football experts, although we do have some pretty solid Madden experience. Um, True. I like to make picks based off, like, my gut. And, well, my gut is conflicted, I'll tell you that. (laughs) It's very conflicted. But I'm going to pick the Bengals, and it's more an emotional pick than an analytical pick, but... I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not going to root against the Bengals, so I'm picking them. So I had some premature celebration last week about mm. predicting the Super Bowl. Joey Very Bro premature. Kind of my... Never doubt. I was Joe ready to Shiesty. take a victory lap. This was my victory lap episode. It's kind of ruined by Joe. I've been riding with the Rams for two years. I think it's time that they they come through for me. I'm going to take the Rams. Sticking with Matthew it. Matthew Stafford his first ring. I should also, have... if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, you're going to hear about Joe Burrow for the next three months. I know. Like, we already are. Consistently, it's going to be so bad if he wins. You're <laughs> only going to hear about Joe Burrow. I'm... It's going to be insufferable. I'm regretting not going like all the way in on the Bengals because I was like, the Bengals are good. I'm putting them in like the conference finals or maybe I even put them in the Super Bowl, but I, I should have gone harder with it uh, out of the gate because right. as everyone knows, my gut is never wrong and the Bengals were my pick. So I I feel like mm-hmm. it's not as good as your Rams winning the Super Bowl pick, but I get some credit for saying that they weren't going to, like, lose in round one. You were, like, there on the Bengals, 
you were like kind of on and off the band. You were like on the bandwagon. You were kind of on I was like the bandwagon, walking behind the it, like eyeing it, seeing right. if I wanted to jump on. And I like hitched a ride. You, you hopped on sometimes, I hopped but then you on. jumped back off. Yeah. Regrettable. I should have been driving so, yeah. it, but live and learn. Next year, I'll be hitching you my were, wagon were, on so. the Mason Rudolph Steelers winning the Super Bowl, and I'm going to get on the wagon. Carson Wentz has been linked to the Steelers. Ooh, I don't want Carson Wentz. Here's what I have to say about the Super Bowl. The Bengals have a very suspicious offensive line, and the Rams have a really good pass rush. And the last time... A team with a bad offensive line and a fun quarterback played a team with a good pass rush. The fun quarterback was running the entire game and never had a chance. And I'm worried that that's going to happen. And I'm worried that Aaron Donald is going to like paralyze Joe Burrow. Yeah, this is about the only insightful football thing I have to say about the Super Bowl. About how bad the Bengals O-line is and how good the Rams pass rush is. Very good comp of last year's Super Bowl. I think that Aaron Donald is going to get to Joe Burrow, Vaughn Miller. I mean, he's just going to have no time. I mean, the Titans just destroyed their line. And mm-hmm. I think Aaron Donald's probably going to be Super Bowl MVP. Ooh. I th- but, but. They always give it to the QB. You know what? I'm going st- to stick with it. I know. And they, they want to give it to Stafford, it, too. Because it could be low scoring. You know what? Right. I'm going to think, it's like when Von Miller had that strip sack against Carolina. I'm thinking one of those situations. I'm going to take Rams win, Aaron Donald, Super Bowl MVP, with the Lance Jefferson 50-yard touchdown or more. I was, or no, Van, Vance. Van, Van, it's just Van. I was about to say, I was going to be like, I was debating saying it because it was such a weird thing to say, but I was going to say Van Jefferson is going to do something in this game. Um, yeah, see. What are the odds on I was that? Already there. I'm pulling up FanDuel as we speak to see what odds they we can ha- get on that. They have to be they have pretty to be high. Good. Aaron Donald, MVP, Van Jefferson, 50 plus yard touchdown, Rams a win. That's got to be pretty good. I feel I can't decide. That's got to be pretty high. I can't decide if like Joe Burrow is. Like this Bengals thing is fun. I can't decide if it's fun enough to go all the way. That's the question. Right million dollar question throw in the possibility of joe burrow having a career-ending injury at the hands of von miller and my odds are all right so what was your bet extremely high rams to win rams win the money line wow donald you don't get great odds on just that okay super bowl mvp and donald Donald he has the fourth like shortest odds it's stafford burrow cup and then donald all right so we got okay. those two. And then what about Van Jefferson 50 uh, plus here? I don't know if that's a thing. Let's see. I bet Probably I can get something. Receiving props. Just along those lines. This is fun. Um, Van, most receiving yards. First receiver to catch 50 yards. Most receptions. Reception. I'd props. take first touchdown Van Jefferson. Okay, too. okay. That's easier for me. Where is the first touchdown? 
that's just riveting to listen to i'm sure all right no it no it is they're on the edge of their seats it is it is um (laughs) how do i find this first catch oh my goodness this is falling apart okay where is player props maybe it's like journey to become gambling addicts Mm mm-hmm it's gotta be in here it's not in here like All right, like your odds for the Donald. Wait, you can't parlay them. I'm having trouble parlaying them. You're getting. If you put, well, you you get a lot of money. If you put ten bucks on yeah. each, they're not. I can't get the odds to combine. Um, Why don't you also give me tails on the coin parlay? Yep. Mm. <laughs> And one of the Basically, one of the fighter a pilots on a flyover crashes. Uh, we should maybe start doing like our bet of the week or something. That would be interesting. That um, could be another segment, like a fun be, bet of the week. Be. It's not bad. Um. All right. I'm gonna look at this for one more minute, and if I can't find it, we're gonna wrap it up. And then we'll call. Yeah. What do we think of bet of the week? I kind of like that. Coin toss is minus one oh four for heads or tails, so a hundred dollars or a hundred and four dollars to win a hundred. Oh, we gotta talk about this. Alright. Like Gatorade color. Blue is plus two thirty, oh, orange is plus two seventy, clear slash water is plus okay. five forty. It's not yellow, that. green, Get rid of that. lime is plus three sixty. Red pink plus nine sixty. Purple, the long shot. Plus eleven eighty. What are I we going with? Blue. Purple, though. So I'm trying to envision Sean McVay the Ra- being. The Rams are the type to have purple. The Rams are the type to have purple. Right. That's what I'm saying. And honestly, it's the Bengals. I wouldn't be like shocked. guaranteed blue or purple. But if the Bengals win, isn't it going to be orange? I think it wouldn't be orange. Because that's too obvious. Maybe it's yellow right. for them. Hmm. Yeah, but that's nasty. Interesting. Interesting. Purple, I would put some money down on purple. You're getting good. You're getting the best odds on purple. Blue. Yeah, let's make our prediction right now. It's if not going to be blue. That'd be pretty sick. Are it's we saying blue. purple? Let's I feel like we have purple. to say purple. Purple for purple for Rams. I can't envision. I don't know. Blue I kind of I kind of see purple for the Bengals too a little bit. Maybe maybe. I mean, it gives us the best red. odds. Let's go purple for both. Let's just go purple. I mean, they wouldn't do red. Put the mortgage we'll, we'll on purple. Pur- if purple Gatorade ends and if it's up not, on the you coaches can blame or us. players, it can be someone in the back. If I see purple Gatorade, I'm counting it as a win. Yeah. If someone's drinking a purple Gatorade, I can guarantee you that it will be purple Gatorade. No, yeah, it'll happen. It'll um, happen. My sources it'll happen. tell me. Yeah, sources say. One last check of Instagram to see if the Celtics traded for someone. Let's good call, it. good call. All right, I think we All right. said everything that needs to be yep. said. Good long episode today. We might, um, yeah. we probably won't have a Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe on Tuesday there will be a Super Bowl episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday will be the Super Bowl episode. Yeah. All right. And post trade deadline. Right, 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 right. That's all.